poem is I am handicapped and angry and with a vengeance today after an absolutely pathetic Monday performance. I went one and two, one, two and one, excuse me, in the bets that I gave you. David Troy's back here to help me try to get back in the black for this week. I let us down. I let us down Monday, David, and I apologize. I apologize to you and I apologize to the listeners. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do much better for him. I went, uh, I think, with with at least the, the the main play that I gave out, which was the Nuggets' first quarter. That was a loser. So, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Other times we're, you know, well, not really praised because nobody really says anything when you win. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually when you lose. Literally no one ever pats you on the back if you're a public yeah. sports better and you get them right. My my favorite, like I learned that the hard way when I first started with Outkick. When I went on like a twelve or fifteen game MLB winning streak, it lost. Someone just dragged me. It's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you wait, yeah. you waited two weeks to get me, but you got me. You got me. You're right. Yeah, I suck. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but. I don't know. I again, I say this all the time. I'm excited about the slate. There's seven games here on Wednesday to break down. I had three of them that were written up and published on Outkick.com. And while you were on a conference call or doing your work thing, I found a fourth bet. So I, I've bet more than half these games. I have just irrational confidence. I'm looking like Jamal Crawford out here, just <laughs> chucking, just absolutely chucking. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make my case for all four pe- picks and you guys can fade or follow me, uh, at your own discretion and may hopefully to your own peril if you're f- fading me. But if you have faded me in this podcast, you've made some money because my podcast record is now 52 and 57. There's no way around it. It's been a disgraceful NBA regular season, but what else do I have to do? Like, I just love gambling on the NBA. I'm going to do it. I, I wake up every morning. I put the clown makeup on and say, what's my favorite NBA pick of the day? Somehow I got the four. All right, let's get through the slate. The first game is one that I do have action on. The Atlanta Hawks visiting the Washington Wizards. They're laying four in the nation's capital. The total is 236. I almost always bet against the Atlanta Hawks if they're if they're on the road, and they are a terrible terrible road favorite. Um, and that's where I'm at in this one. The Washington Wizards played this are in the second of a back to back, but low key they do really good on the second of a back to back. They are seven and five straight up with a plus six point five straight up margin and eight and four against the spread with a plus 8.3 ATS margin. The Hawks, again, are just 3-7 and seven as a road favorite with a minus 4.7 spread differential. I love fading the Hawks on the road. Do you have any pushback on that? Um, so I, I'll tell you this. The Wizards are one of those teams that I just can't get right. It doesn't matter if I watch them all the time like I look at them and I go this is a game that they should win they they blow it uh I can give you a specific example of when the heat came out with about seven players for their game against them 
on the road on a back-to-back or something like that, and the Wizards won by one point when they should have, I mean, they should have blown them out. They should have won by 20 or 30, but fine. It was the Corey then, Kispert shrug game? I don't know what the hell it was. No, it, it just was, it was a disaster. I, I hate the Wizards. Um, so for whatever reason, I just can't seem to bet them. Um, so I, I don't have a play on the game. The only thing I would tell you is I, I I would lean towards the Wizards at the fir- in the first half of this one. Uh, again, you mentioned it's a back-to-back. Um, they're coming home from Detroit. I believe this was the makeup game against Detroit, so this was an unscheduled back-to-back. This got added in there um, once the, the game that they were going to play against Detroit canceled. And Washington at home in the first half has actually been pretty solid this year. Um Overall on the season, they have been, let me check, make sure, they're 18-11 at home in the first half, and they're getting two points. Uh, you know, if they're going to come out with some energy in a game that shouldn't have been close against Detroit last night, it was close. They had to play a lot. Um, I, I would expect most of their energy to come in the first half. I do think it's probably a fair play to, give the, or to take them there um, at plus two. Even though Atlanta has the the rest advantage, I, I would figure for the game Atlanta should win, but um, I I'm not gonna bet the full game one way or the other. The only thing I would look at there is the uh, that first half, and then maybe Trey Young points over because he's been pretty solid since they got rid of the coach that he claimed he didn't know was gonna get fired, yet like openly didn't like. So, oh, you mean the guy that he emailed ownership about saying he should fire, he should be fired? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the one. So, can't believe yeah, how I, bad he did Nate McMillan. Yeah, Trey Trey Young over twenty five and a half points is, I think, a pretty fair bet in this one. Um, you know, you might be able to find. I don't, I don't know what his leading scorer prop would be in this, but. Uh, Dude, one of my sports public sports gambling lowlights in my entire low yeah lowlights in my entire career is mm-hmm. I did a NBA props piece for USA Today, and I said Drew Holiday was gonna lock up Trey Young, and Trey Young ended up having a career high fifty points and freezing <laughs> freezing cold takes got me dog <laughs> they got uh, me and. Yeah. On one hand, like one of my buddies, like sent it to me. He's like, "Dude, you made it!" It's like, ah. He's like, yeah, "Apparently, you're big enough for freezing cold takes to go after." And I was like, "Wait, you're taking this as a good thing because I am not happy about that. I am not happy about that tweet." Sorry, that's what. Uh, you, that's the first thing my brain went to. Is like, "Hey, bet the bet Trey Young over." It's like, yeah, I probably should. I'm never gonna bet as under again. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he's actually a plus two ten to be the leading scorer of the game. I don't think that's a bad look. He's He should be the easiest one out of all these people to, to be the leading scorer. Right? I mean, Beal, Porzingis, and Kuzma, any one of them could get hot, but yeah. I don't know. Kuzma's a motherfucker. That guy doesn't even... Jalen Rose said this about Jordan Clarkson, and it, it's true for Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma plays basketball like there's they're not keeping track of the score. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> He doesn't. I don't think he really pays attention to like what's going on in the game. He's just looking to put up, get buckets. Remember, I had his under 
last week against the Toronto Raptors was something we went back and forth on. It was like one of those off the cuff plays that I was really feeling myself on. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma came out and scored the first 10 points of the game. I was like, okay, yep. cool. Cool. <laughs> this is going over well. Great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it ripped up that ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big, like one of the big angles or things that I look for when I'm breaking down these matchups or handicapping basketball is teams shot profile. And you can find that stuff on shot quality, uh, com, which is I think a pretty expensive paid for site. And right now you can only find like the general shot quality records. You can also do it on cleaning the com, which is also another paid site, but it's only $15 for a year. And to me, it's just like, whatever. Like, I'm betting enough on these games. Like, I don't give, like, whatever, $50, done. Done and done. Well, the uh, the the Washington Wizards have a much better shot profile than Atlanta. Um, they're both, the Hawks are 29th in both offense and defensive shot quality. The Wizards, their offensive shot quality sucks. Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma take a lot of contested long two-pointers. But the Washington Wizards' defensive shot quality allowed is fourth, according to cleaningglass.com. They do a good job of contesting jump shooters, and um, they have a pretty low, wide-open three-point attempt rate allowed on defense. Both of these teams, between Bradley Beal and Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, they put up a lot of like mid-range jumpers. Washington's defensive field goal percentage against those mid-range jumpers are are a lot stronger. So, I mean, combining like Washington actually playing well and exceeding expectations on the second of a back-to-back, Atlanta being terrible on the road, and the Wizards having a better shot profile than the Hawks, I'm going to take four. That's where I'm at. I locked it in and made the bet already. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I... I have to imagine the line is set up this way just because of the back-to-back anyways. The last game between the Wizards and Hawks was just a few days ago, and the Wizards won 119-116 in Atlanta. So That makes me nervous, actually. I mean, the zigzag well, with the line, thing. Right, but with the line coming towards Atlanta, it is showing some strength there, but how much of that is back-to-back versus you know people actually thinking they're going to win? This is a big game, too, though. Washington's behind Atlanta in the standings. It doesn't so, feel like that, though, right? Like, if you right. closed your eyes or if you listened to whatever, the NBA talking heads, you would feel like Washington is tanking and Atlanta is pretty good trying to make the playoffs when they're really pretty much the same team, right? Yeah. Like what, what, yeah. Uh, Atlanta is literally one game in front of them. They're in the same division. I think Washington's like four or five games back on Miami, so they could run down Miami. Probably won't. I don't think they will. But they could definitely make the playoffs, and there's no reason for Atlanta to be more, more motivated than Washington. Washington cannot tank for Wembanyama. It's pretty much impossible at this point. They could lose out, and they're just not going to be a bottom four team in the NBA. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That pretty much sums up my analysis on this game. Uh, moving along, hopefully, hopefully you're down. Boston Celtics, double-digit favorites, minus 10. Hosting the Portland Trailblazers, over-unders 231. 
I wanted to bet the Portland Trailblazers so effing bad. I looked at this game for probably 75 minutes and just couldn't get there. I couldn't do it. I couldn't bet the Boston Celtics, but I couldn't fade them either. So I passed on this game. I was even looking at props. I mean, Dame Lillard, I think, is averaging like 40 over the last month. You know, you got the all-star break in between that, but he's just been cooking lately. Portland does pretty good against Boston in Boston usually, which is a a pretty rare and random thing. And I actually believe the Boston regression is real. Like, I think they're an NBA Finals contender for sure. But over the last two weeks, they have a minus 6.6 spread differential. And they have a minus 2.7 adjusted net rating. And Portland's... Net rating is worse. Their spread differential sucks, but isn't worse than Boston's. I don't know. I'm I'm passing on the game with a heavy lean towards Portland, but maybe that's just me being a Knicks fan. Do you like anything in this game? Uh, no. The only thing I'd really recommend are there. There's just two things, and I don't want to even go into super detail on these unless you want to talk them over. But uh, I don't think I'm not sure if either one of these will be on my card, but. Boston has blown a lot of leads lately, and they've raced out to big leads in the first half, and then they've blown them. So if you're going to take Boston, look towards them in the first quarter or the first half of the game. Um, The other part here is I kind of like Al Horford over his points. Uh, He's at 9.5. That's what I'm seeing on DraftKings. Um, It is juiced up to minus minus 125, which is kind of high but i think still reasonable um i just don't see anybody on portland really guarding him they haven't played this year so there's no real uh indication on how he did like their versus their defense the first time or any of that stuff um but they're not very good against centers which i guess that's what warford will be considered in this game um depending on who exactly they start i mean it's possible that they put in Grant Williams out there and he'll be the power forward and Horford should still be the center in that case but you never know but um, the concern I really kind of have with with Horford is just he basically flies over this number or doesn't really come close so um, he is shooting a ton of threes and over his last uh, we'll just say the last five games that he played he's taken 10, 2, 8, 7 and 8 and he's hitting at a pretty high rate. Um, the game that he took two, he only, or he hit both of those threes, but he ended with six points. So this to me seems like an opportunity. You're going to, you're going to get uh, Drew Eubanks guarding him. I, I doubt Nurkic is going to play. Eubanks isn't really going to be able to, to follow Horford. They're going to need him to kind of clog up the paint a little bit. So, I do think Horford should get some open shots. That's kind of why I'm leaning towards him going over. And I know I said I wasn't going to be talking about it much, but that, that's <laughs> kind of the... Uh, I was about to throw you I, shit on this. Like, that it, was your brief analysis, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I I do like Horford to go over his 9.5, though. Well, we probably shouldn't be spending so much time on player props unless you talk me into it, and you did. And I'm down, yeah. dude. I'm down. I like- dude, I bet Al Horford over his player points. Like That was, I think, the most profitable angle that I had in the NBA Finals last year. He was yeah. awesome. He was killing it, yep. And he's been killing it lately. Over the last eight games, 
He's averaging 14 points per game, 13.9, like whatever, right? Shooting 57% from the field, 59% from three. He's shooting 6.13 pointers per game. So this fool is out here just chucking it, space in the floor. He's went over, he scored at least 11 points in six of those eight games for the last five. Um, and two of those games, or excuse me, a couple of those games were against good defensive teams. Um, he played the, the Knicks twice. He played the Cavaliers once. And he played the um, Philadelphia 76ers once. All four of those games, he went over his point total and scored at least 13. And I'm sorry, I said it again. No, go ahead. Finish, finish what you were going to say. Um, I was pretty much it. I think I was just kind of talking to myself around in circles. Oh, uh, last thing. Um, I, he is going to be the center because Robert Williams is out. Portland has given up is giving up the most points per game to opposing centers in the league. Um, according to fantasypros.com and Joseph Nurkic is questionable to play. If he plays, I almost, I almost like this even more. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on it. I like it. I probably am going to play it. It'll probably be a client play. The only issue that I am having is you're basically relying on him to have to hit four threes in this game. And the only reason I say that, or, yeah, four threes, because he is not even really taking any other attempts lately. Uh, he had either two-thirds or half of his shots are basically coming from the three-point line. So there, there is just kind of that word of warning to anybody who does tail this, that like this is a very three-point dependent one, and it could go downhill really quick if, he, if he's having an off night. If he's having a good night, this will cash with ease. So... Um, so hold on. Just a word of warning. What's his three-point prop then? Why, don't, why aren't we looking at that instead? It's because it's over one and a half, and it's juiced up to like minus one eighty or minus one seventy-five. Ah, they know what they're doing. They know what yeah. they're doing. So you're you're saying he's going to have six? Okay, that's a guarantee. If he gets two more baskets, which is possible, it, 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 say we'll we'll just agree, right? That he's going to get two threes. For sure, six points right there. If he does shoot another two layups or something, it's realistic that he gets to 10 points, which is all you need to cash this anyways. But it is, like I said, it's just going to be really three-point dependent. Um, he should coast over this line. I like it. I think it's a, low, a little bit of a low number. I'm just kind of giving that warning out there that it, it is very possible that he just has a bad shooting night, and then we're on, you know, we're, we're DMing each other like, why the hell did we bet on Al Horford? But, I, I'll tell you what, though. Al Horford has made me money betting this I, exact exact thing over the years. His double-doubles last year made me a lot of money yeah. because they were priced up. Even tonight, it's like, I don't know, six, what is it? Yeah, plus 675. That's not a, I mean, that that's kind of a high line for that as well. Not that I think you should necessarily bet it, but that that's probably too high in this one too. I mean, he's had two double doubles in his last three games that he played. He hasn't had many the rest of the season, but you're also talking about different teams. And I don't like Eubanks. I don't think Portland's a very good rebounding team. 
Um, they do tend to give up a lot of rebounds to center, so 675 is a, a pretty high number as well. Yeah, he had five offensive rebounds last game, but it was against the Knicks and like an intense matchup that they really wanted to win. Um, right. He did have an off night against Cleveland um, Monday, like a rest night, I mean. Um, but I dug into his splits a little bit, and Horford at home averaging 10.8 points per game, up from 8.4 on the road. His true shooting is 68% at home. 56% on the road. His offensive rating at home, 139. On the road, 117. So the home road split's like wonderful for Al Horford to get double digits in this one. And I'm like low-key an Al Horford stan and kind of always have been. It's like, like I used to argue, not argue, but the point that I would make about like Al Horford would be like, as a regular season center, he's not better than Rudy Gobert, but if you wanted a center for a seven-game series, you would take Al Horford 100 times out of 100 over Rudy Gobert. Like, he's just got so much more game, so many different ways he can help out. He's so savvy and such a veteran, and um, he just he brings a lot to the table. So I've always been an Al Horford guy. I love this pick. I'm going to make it the fifth play that I have on this card. Uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and change my notes, add that to the title or the episode description, but good stuff, man. I appreciate it. Just hope it wins. You know? Yeah. You're not going to bait and switch on me, right? You're going to bet this. It is. Yeah. I I think I'm going to, I think I am going to take it. It's just, uh, do do like a a third unit, a quarter unit or something. I, I do actually think I might suggest to people that they sprinkle the six seventy five. That's too high of a line. And, I, I do think that Horford should be able to get, you know, he may end up with like seven rebounds, but I think 675 is too high for a double-double right now for him. So. Oh, the the for Al Horford, I have a double-double, it's plus 675? Yeah. Okay, how many times has he done that? He's done that in two of the last three games. He but, has, Yeah, that's what I was saying. He, he hasn't done it a lot this season. Sure, six out of 51 of starts. Right, this might be one of those games that that you consider it. Well, it's just Portland has got like so little size, and their front court defense, front court presence is just right. god awful. Right, and you so would expect Jeremy it. Grant to have to be out on the perimeter guarding Tatum or uh, Brown. I I think Corford should be able to clean up. So, I mean, that to me is worth worth it. Maybe even a half sprinkle. Or a half unit or something. Man, get the clown makeup ready. Washington down yeah. from plus four to plus three. Closing line value. <laughs> you can't wait. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I'm just going to send the text to you now ahead of time. Be like, God damn, Washington. Yeah. yeah. Closing line value. We can wipe our ass with that. All right. So we're both on Al Horford. We can move along, right? You're you're flirting with yeah. the idea of plus 675 and the double-double. Follow yeah, I like his points. Follow uh David on Twitter at FuturePres twenty twenty four. Uh maybe he'll make that an official play or if you want his official plays, he uh offers NBA subscription packages. So check that out on his Twitter. All right, let's move along. Dallas Mavericks at the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that I cannot quit betting. 
Um, the spread is Mavericks favor two and a half, despite some pretty goofy injury, not goofy, but not good injury news, which goes into my analysis. Total is 234. Um, I like the over in this game, actually. I can discuss that here with you in a minute, but is there any plays that you like in this game? Not really. Um, I, I don't know how you could bet an under in a Mavs game right now. Did um, I say under? I meant over. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. Oh, no, okay, you did okay. say okay. you did say over, but that's what I. I just mean like I don't even know why Fair enough, you know, I people you. would consider it. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Kyrie's uh, player prop looks all right in terms of points. Twenty six and a half. He should be able to get over that. Uh, this is a back to back for Dallas. And Luca has not played in many of them, and this line was a little bit lower earlier, so I'm assuming that he's in. Uh, it looks like the books have some point totals for him, so I would guess he's playing in this, um, which I think actually makes the over look even better. So doesn't hurt. That's it. the that's the only way that I would go with you. I mean, over two thirty four doesn't seem bad at all. Dallas this season on the second of a back-to-back, eight and two to the over, plus eleven point two total uh, over/under margin. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, part of my 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 thought process here is I'm I'm zagging on recent results. New Orleans has cashed four straight unders. Dallas pushed in a one twenty one sixteen win. Versus Utah uh, last night, they snapped a three-game over streak. This this defense has been terrible since acquiring Kyrie Irving. He's all offense, no defense, and the same goes for Luka. Um, if either or both have an off-shooting night, well, that obviously puts the total in jeopardy, but I don't see why that would happen because New Orleans' defense has kind of tailed off uh, after starting off red hot as a... Um, as a home dog this year, the New Orleans Pelicans are seven and three to the over, and they have a uh, well only plus zero point six over under margin, so that doesn't matter. But seven and three to the over, the last four Mavs ma- uh last four Mavericks Pelicans meetings are, I think, trending more towards the under. Hold on, let me make sure I got that right. No, excuse me, more to the over. I misspoke there. They're 3-1, and 3-1 um, and one to the over with a plus 11.5 over-under margin. Also, both teams have an above-average offensive free-throw attempt rate. Pelicans has dipped a little bit with no Zion Williamson, but Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum still get to the offensive, the free-throw line a ton. Same goes for Luka and Dallas, but both teams have a terrible defensive free throw attempt rate, Dallas especially. So when I see that stuff, I, I go to look at the officiating crew. The officiating crew has a combined over-under record of 79-62, to the over. So post-All-Star break, Pelicans 19th in defensive rating, Mavericks 24th. Also, there's no Jose Alvarado, who would be huge to defending both Luka and Kyrie. No Jose Alvarado means more Kyra Lewis minutes. 
I watch probably too much Pelicans basketball, but Kyra Lewis has actually given them some solid minutes, especially offensively. Um, he's gotten a plus 11.7 on-off offensive rating. So the Pelicans score roughly 12 more points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time when Kyra Lewis is on the floor. He he plays fast, and he shoots it pretty well from outside. And you would think his shooting would improve a little bit on uh, at, at home. But um, for all that rationale, for all those reasons, excuse me, I'm going to go over 234 in the Pelicans Mavs. And I'd play it up to 235, but that's that's where I'd tap out. Yeah, I don't think I would go much much higher. I mean, I do think it probably will end up around 240. I think each team can probably put up 120 um, or in that neighborhood. But I'd only look at the over in this game. All right, well, let's talk about a game we might be Eskimo brothers on. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Miami Heat. Heat are f- getting two points at home. Over-unders, 215. More juice on the over. That makes me nervous because I have locked in a bet on under 215 in Cavaliers Heat. It feels a little square, but like most people are betting the over because they're like, well, this is too too short and to be honest in today's NBA with the three-point shooting that's a kind of a fair takeaway but like styles make fights and these two teams just play slow-paced half-court basketball they're more defensive minded both run a lot of iso offense between Jimmy Butler and Donovan Mitchell I think Bam Adebayo is just going to completely wipe out Jared Allen and Evan Mobley from really doing anything. Neither one of them are very good offensive players, in my opinion. Mobley, Mobley's showing me some stuff. He can space the floor, and he's definitely got some offensive potential. Obviously, Allen does pretty good here or there, but Bam Adebayo should be able to lock them up. I like Jimmy Butler to lock up Donovan Mitchell. He's been shooting terribly against the Miami Heat in, in the first two Cavs Heat meetings this season. So I like the I like the under in this one. Under two fifteen, a little nervous of, about the direction of the, the line, though. If I'm being honest, uh, I don't have a play on the total, and I'm not sure I have a play on the game. What? I thought I you looked, liked it. I thought you liked the under. Uh, I did, but I looked into it more after we talked, and I I don't. I'm not going to play it one way or the other. Um, Tell me why. Well, part of it is this like this actually would help your case towards the under um you know where jimmy butler was last night strip club was was he flashing guns and a, a <laughs> shotgun willies <laughs> can't can't say who was well maybe it was i don't know but um he's he supposedly in... an, an exquisite barista so he should be able to bounce back out of any hangover he has well he was at uh paul gasol's jersey retirement in los angeles last night which means that he flew from Miami to Los Angeles and back to Miami, which is probably what a like five six hour flight. Yeah, for sure. So you're talking about twelve hours of flight times within the span of twenty four hours in the game. I would just I I started thinking, well, it just makes more sense to play Jimmy Butler's under. What an now asshole. Jimmy's a true he's a true competitor. I Man, the guy 
could screw me over in any any situation that he really wanted to. Because if this game is close, as the line is suggesting, Jimmy will take the last like 20 shots for the Heat, and he'll probably make half of them because he's amazing in the clutch. If he wants the Heat to win this game, though, he can will them to win a, pretty much any game he wants. Um, but I would look at him for a potential under on his point total. I just don't know if he's going to have the energy defensively, which makes me kind of wonder if like the game could go over because uh, Mitchell will be somebody that he's going to have to chase around or even if they put him on Garland, which I, I don't know if they will or what they're going to do in terms of who he's going to match up against. Um, so I, I'm guessing I'm going to lay off of this game altogether. It, it made me originally go like, well, the Cavs probably have a good shot. If uh, Jimmy just doesn't really care about this one, who knows? But In my defense, or in the defense of my under, I'll say if Jimmy Butler has a bad game, I don't know which one it affects more, his offense or defense. Because like it takes yeah. a lot of energy for him to get to the off the, the foul line, and that's really what he's best at and what, what he does best. So if that, he's less fair. aggressive in that sense, like they, that would make they, me nervous towards towards them going, or I would be more confident in the under, but the counter would be like, well, if he's saving himself on defense, and that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Uh, they did, um, or they do play Cleveland again in Miami on Friday too. And this this to me might be one of those zigzags where, even Miami may be sitting here thinking like, well, if we split these games, it's fine. So. So you wouldn't be surprised on a rest night? Is that what you're saying? Or are you just. I'm not saying that he's going to rest. I, I'm more like he, they just, they're only going to take one of these games serious. If they can win this one, they'll try to, but if they can't, they, they probably will stay off. I, I do think Cleveland probably wins this, but I think there's more question marks than it's got me comfortable enough to bet. That's fair. I liked in a bet already. Still feel good, but you made a solid sure. point about Jimmy Butler. That's kind of crazy. I don't, did he play with Pau Gasol? Maybe he like in Chicago? Bulls. He did. Yeah, okay. the Bulls, yep. They're probably homies. I guess. Well, I guess they'd have to be, right? That's why I went to his, uh, his thing. Yeah, right. and he sta- I'm pretty sure he stayed for the whole game, and then he probably went out with Pau afterwards. So Yeah, you don't fly across the country to see your buddy and then not hang out. Yeah, so that, that would be my guess is that you think he's back in Miami yet? <laughs> probably- he, he should be. I think I was checking his Instagram stories uh, earlier today, and he was. So he, he should be back. But you're damn right about his barista content. He's always posting shit about coffee on there. It's absurd. Yeah, I think he charges like $20 a cup of coffee. Like, he'll like nice. ask his teammates, like, hey, you want a cup of coffee? Like, yeah, whatever. And, like yeah. hand it to him. He's like, all right, 20 bucks. Like, what's happening here? That wouldn't surprise me at all. (laughs) Good for for Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Barista stuff, that's pretty hard. I I live next to a a pretty nice coffee shop, and, like, it it weirdly takes, like, talent and, like, uh, I don't know, just coffee knowledge to brew a good cup of joe. So shout out to Jimmy Butler. Um, Let's talk about his former team, your hometown team. The Chicago Bulls headed to the Mile High City to play the Denver Nuggets. Denver's favored nine over unders two twenty five. I um 
This is another game a lot like Portland. I really tried to talk myself into betting the Bulls plus the points here. They're low-key a pretty like good defense, and they invested more in defense by getting uh, Pat Bev and the buyout market around the trade deadline. Um, for that and other reasons, I'm, I'm looking to the under, and I am I am going to put in a bet on the under. But the under 225 or the over is juice, so... Like um like the game we just discussed, Cavs heat. I'm a little nervous about that. What do you what are you thinking for for Bulls Nuggets? Nothing official. Just a couple leans uh, that I've had. Bulls in the first quarter have actually been good on the road, and the Nuggets have started struggling. So this might be a time to again to get that regression that the Nuggets are coming on. Uh, Bulls plus three in the first quarter is probably a fairly good bet. Um, I kind of like that one. I don't know that I like it enough to, to recommend it. I don't like betting against Denver at home. Plus this is, I believe the Bulls first road road game after a decent home stand. Or was that? No, they came back. Uh, I got to check their schedule. They have played back to back home games. Okay. Yeah. And then they were in Toronto and Detroit, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I probably had, lay off this one they had an extra rest day than they typically do in here too so um not sure that i'd go there but the other one that i was looking at is uh levine over his points he's just been shooting every time he touches the ball lately and uh he's you know he's got 42 27 41 his last three games um it's almost like once they decide or once they know the game is going to be over he's definitely going to jack up shots and even before the game is over he's shooting a ton too so his line is at 25 and a half right now i think that's probably okay to take the over still he, he should be closer to 30 that it's not like they have anybody in the backcourt for denver that's really going to be able to stop him i mean contavious caldwell pope is a good defender but i don't think he's great um so I'd, I'd consider Levine over 25 and a half. Uh, if you don't like that, you could just go with his three-point prop, which is over two and a half on those. Um, he's been uh, over his last, you know, over his last three games again, five for eight, two for seven, six for nine. So he's, he's definitely getting the attempts up from deep. Um, but on, let me see about his splits on the road while we're – here he actually shoots almost eight threes on the road per game as opposed to seven or under seven at home he averages three on the road might be better to just take the uh the over on his threes he also has 26 and a half he averages 26 and a point half points on the road as opposed to 23.2 at home so some stuff to to consider at least around Zach Levine. He might be somebody that I get on. I've I've been uh, pretty profitable betting him this year actually. So I kind of have him on like the Trey Young list where I've I feel like every time I bet uh, a Zach Levine prop, I I whiff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's some thing he has against me. It's a personal thing. Probably. I took that personal. Probably. I wrote yeah, a- maybe even. No, I don't know what you're going to say. I was going to say his last four against the Nuggets, he had 21. Um, I guess this, this would have been last 
year. I guess it, no, it would have been the first game that they faced in this season. He had 21 against the Nuggets at home, but prior to that, 32, 36, 32. So. Do you think, I mean, did they play, did he play against the Nuggets when they had Aaron Gordon last year? And either way, uh, like KCP makes Denver's backcourt defense a little bit better, a lot yes. better actually. So Agreed. maybe that's yeah. that's part of it as well. I think. Yeah, um, but he's been so hot lately, man. I I don't know. I don't think that KCP is even going to matter. I don't. All right. I hope he does because I'm betting the under in this game. I bet under two twenty five. Last year, Aaron Gordon did play against Zach Levine, and Zach Levine lit him up for 32. But there was no DeMar DeRozan in that game. Lonzo Ball, you remember him? Professional basketball yeah. player? He uh, played 40 he? minutes in that game. He was. I don't think any any point guard will ever come to Chicago ever again after Derrick Rose and Lonzo Ball. They're going to be like, oh, my knees are just going to die. <laughs> uh, Lonzo Ball, though... Um, he was Kona for you guys when he played, or for the he Bulls. He was awesome. Yeah, he made our defense better. He made the offense run more efficiently. I mean, Bulls were number one in the East when he was playing, which, I mean, that was somewhat fluky. I think a lot of teams just didn't take Bulls too serious, but whatever. No, but they're definitely a better team with him on both ends of the floor. But he hasn't played in a while. Obviously, won't be back for this game. I wrote this morning that styles make fights, and I feel like the way these two teams play just screams under, screams rock fight. The Bulls are playing at the slowest pace in the NBA since the All-Star break. Nuggets are 22nd in pace. Both these teams like to play half-court offense. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine operating at an ISO. I feel like Jokic prefers to play um, half-court offense as well. Jamal Murray, you could say the same. Um, both do a really good job um, defensive rebounding, so there's not going to be a lot of easy putbacks. There's not going to be a lot of second-chance second, second chance points, at least there doesn't figure to be. Um, I, I was saying earlier how I just think, well, Chicago's defense is like low-key underrated. They're six in non-garbage time defensive rating on the season. So they've been playing some pretty good defense, that hasn't been the reason why they're, I think, sub-500. Um, <clears throat> both have an above-average defensive free-throw attempt rate, so they don't they don't send uh, opponents to the line a lot. And according to pregame.com currently, and this is in the consensus market, so all of the sports books, um, there's roughly 90% of the money is on the under, but the public is split on the over. Um, and I think... Given how good Denver's offense is and how, like, Chicago's got more offensive players, at least, like, their two best players are clearly offensively minded, it feels like this this is, like, a short total, a suspicious total, in my opinion. Maybe Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's even more suspicious considering Chicago has gone over in three straight games. Denver's gone over in three of the last four and the last seven Bulls Nuggets meetings have gone over the total in Denver. So, like the trends are pointing to the over. I like zagging on the trends. Um, I said that in a previous handicap. So, I think this game goes more to the under. 
obviously, and that's why I'm betting it. Can't talk you off it. All right. Um, no, you cannot. No, it's already in. So that's that. I am done with my bets, but there's two more games on the list here. The Thunder getting 13 and a half, almost two touchdowns at the Phoenix Suns. Totals 233 and a half. I'm going to have to click into the co- uh, the covers.com page for these uh, for this matchup because I really have nothing on it. I'm just not in the business of laying 13 and a half in the NBA, especially with a newly formed Phoenix Suns team that looks great. It's probably going to be awesome. Probably going to beat the shit out of the Thunder considering they're missing SGA and that the good Jalen Williams. Um, they're also playing the second of a back-to-back, so that's a concern. I don't see much reason to bet the Thunder, but again, I'm not in the business of laying 13 and a half with a team. Are you getting there on either team for a quarter, for a half, for a full game? What are you thinking? Nothing. Yeah, nothing on the actual game. I think cool. if you do anything with this game, you just look at props, and uh, even those I'd be a little cautious with. Chris Paul, I would guess is probably going to go under his 11 and a half he hasn't scored uh 12 points in any of the three games that um durant has played and if they are winning by a lot this is going to be campaign playing not chris paul they're going to rest him in this one um what's their next game it, do you know I'll, uh i'll pull it up you know you can continue yeah um the other the the thing i was just going to mention too is the most point um most amount of minutes Paul has played since Durant has been here is 33. The lowest was 29, and that was when they beat Charlotte by 21 points. And if that's kind of the expectation in this game, then you're expecting him to probably play about 20, excuse me, not Charlotte, uh, Chicago. Um, then you probably are expecting him to play somewhere in the 20s. I doubt that he's going to shoot that much. Kevin Durant in the first game in Phoenix, they're probably going to show him off a little bit. I would get. I would. I would think Chris Paul goes under his point total. Um, and then the only other thing I would mention is Devin Booker has just been on fire since since Durant is there because no one knows how to guard them yet. They have no clue who to switch off of when you know when Durant gets the ball, and Devin Booker is getting way more open shots than he has all season, and he's like absolutely just knocking every one of them down. So him over his point total would also make sense. Yeah, teams are okay for an extent to to let Mikael Bridges shoot threes. You cannot help off of Kevin Durant. Right. So, yeah, that probably opens up a ton of driving lanes for Devin Booker and just makes it easier yeah. for him than ISO sets. That yeah. makes sense to me. Um, the, only, the only warning, though, again, is, I mean, if it does get to blowout territory, he sits down. You would figure he contributed a lot to it, but he doesn't necessarily have to in this game. So... Just this is a good schedule spot for Phoenix yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they, maybe just play off some of this stuff. They got two games or two days since their last game, which was the finale of a four-game road trip. But they have two more days until they host the Sacramento Kings. So mm-hmm. they have pretty much no reason to like take it easy. I'm with you in terms of resting Chris Paul, but. I think Devin Booker just might get in that ass tonight. It's like ether these fools. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is probably one of those like player prop games where you're like, okay, well, twenty, you know, Booker to score twenty points and Durant to score twenty points is probably like 
minus 600 and minus 400, but you'd start doing those same game parlays and they, they stack up with stuff that is likely to happen. So, so I like to see like an Paul. easy one for the, uh, for the three point props, but they don't really have much going on there. No, no, only six players listed three on each, uh, excuse me, four sons two two thunder. I wasn't looking to bet a thunder, uh, three point prop. I was thinking about maybe like a Josh Akogi or like if you could get like Tory Craig minus one and a half three is at plus one seventy five, <laughs> something like that. I was thinking about. Um, sure. What's, I'm not sure that Josh Giddy's going to score 19 points either. No? Why Why do you say that? Because he's listed at 18 and a half tonight. Uh, he's scored in his three games against the, Sun, the Suns in his career, 7 points, 15 points, 17 points. Um, and I know SGA won't be there. Let me see what that's looking like. So what's his what's his assist prop though? Because he might be throwing more more assists. Seven and a half, minus one twenty. I don't hate that. Yeah, that that should be. He's went over on four straight. Yeah, unless this is one of those games too where Oklahoma City is just like, eh, let's just take off the night. Although they don't play for, they don't play again until Saturday, so there's really no reason for them to necessarily take it off and they will be on the road again. What was his assist numbers, Josh Giddy and his and his games against Phoenix? Do you have that in front of you? I can get it. Hold on. Um <laughs> he's averaging four, nine, five. Six. Oh wait, no no sorry. Five six two. <laughs> well, yeah, it's without sh- without Shea this year though, uh we'll do I'll just do his last like seven games or something. Giddy has had 18, 22, 8, 18, 7, 25, 14, 10, 17. So, You're talking uh, about points, yeah? He's had yeah. some big assist nights, especially recently. Yeah, recently he has. His last, his last two assist nights without El, uh, Shea is uh, 13 and 11. But before that, it was a stretch of six games where he had just five assists. Were those also without SGA? All all of those are without SGA. All right. So we don't have anything, I think, good enough to move on. At least I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to play it. I, I do think 18 and a half is probably too high for Giddy. Um, they, and it might be high because there's a lot of people talking about him today because he got a triple-double last night with 17 points and I think 17 assists or whatever it was. Um, so there's a lot of, like, chatter about him today i i would lean towards him going under his point total probably over his assist total and then chris paul under so if we wanted to build a same gay parlay that's that's where i would look towards just for some fun i've only bet one same game parlay and it was in the super bowl and uh i did not win it Mm. i crushed my super bowl props this year and really all my super bowl bets i didn't win them all but i did well I used to do same game parlays for Outkick, and they were just playoff games for the NBA. And I hit one that I think was like they were they were all plus money player props. I, I it was the whole like idea behind it. And I want to say this one was like I don't know twenty to one or something like that, and that hit. And that was the only one I I hit 
for Outkick, but it covered every other one that I did. Yeah, so. for sure. Did you remind everyone, every article, like, hey, I lost I yesterday, <laughs> but, but we're still in the black here. Yeah. We're playing We're playing with house yeah. money. Yeah. No, I brought it up. But. Yeah. Well, sports betting readers are just, they're, um, they're always remembering all the good things uh, that you've that you've given them, and they forget the bad things. Of course, the, the bad picks. All right, yeah. last game: Toronto Raptors at the Clippers. Clippers favored two and a half, which is suspicious. Putting on the clown makeup, you know I love the Clippers. I actually like the Raptors a lot. I made a lot of money off the Raptors last year. Have lost a good amount of it back this year because they have sucked. The Clippers are the least reliable team in all of American professional sports. They piss me off. I'm going to watch it. I think it's on ESPN. So I'll check it out. But no, I actually I actually have banned myself from betting the Clippers again until the playoffs. I'm done with, I'm done with these fools. I can't do it. So what are you thinking? Um, they're scumbags the Cli- dude. yeah I was going to say the Clippers are like the most unreliable team that we've had all season so maybe the maybe the Timberwolves are worse for me personally but uh, I think I'm going to just pass this game altogether. I don't I don't see it going well for me one way or the other I think the Clippers should win I don't like the Raptors. I don't think the Raptors even really match up very well here. You could argue that there's like Kawhi wanting to beat his his old team, but he owns those fools. Like he's never lost to those guys. I, yeah, you but, say it doesn't matter, but it, I don't know. It might. I I more mean like, what would Kawhi be mad at them about? He won them a championship and then left. Like, Nothing, but he always. And maybe it's in his head. He's like, I gotta always show that I made the right decision. Yeah, and that that is very possible. Um, I don't. I I'm. I got nothing for this one, to be honest. A line opened at five. It's down to minus two and a half, minus two, depending on where you look. Most of the money's on the Clippers. It's just your standard like, please bet the Clippers. The sports books are begging you. They're begging you yeah. to bet the Clippers. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. No. Not worth it. Unless I'm five and zero entering this game, and then there you go. <laughs> then it's like one forty money line. <laughs> one forty money line. Wait a second. Now, yep. Now we're talking. Okay. I could be trapped. I could. I could be hurt again by the Clippers. Sure. I mean, it's going to happen in the playoffs. I have not a lot of my net worth, but far too much of my net worth wrapped up in the, the Los Angeles Clippers to win the finals. I can see that. I'm going to buy a jersey just to light it on fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a uh, rational thought, just like everybody else has, right? Yeah, burn, gonna... burn the thing that I spent money on. I'm gonna do a, yeah, I'm going to do a Clippers effigy at the end of the year. Yeah. All right, dude. I gave out five picks. I'm pretty excited about Recap on those. Wizards plus four. That's what I'm grading it at. It's a plus three. Uh I would still take it, but I feel like it's going to bounce back up to three and a half eventually. So maybe just wait until closer to tip off. I don't think it gets any um, closer to even money. So just wait on that one. But I'm, I'm locked in at floor four. I'm locked in under 215 in Cavaliers Heat. I bet 
over 234 in Mavericks Pelicans. I went under 225 and a half in Bulls Nuggets. And David successfully talked me into over Al Horford nine and a half points. And I am the most excited about that pick, if I'm being honest, because I love Al Horford. Anything you want to officially give out or you just want to steer listeners towards the, the Twitter and uh, where you'll, you'll, oh. you'll give out some packages and some picks. No, I'm with, uh, I'm with you on the uh, Al Horford prop. I think he gets over the nine and a half points tonight. So I'll take that. And that'll be my official play for you guys on, on this one. Um, I did have a million leans on this one. So if you, if you have specific questions, feel free to just message me on Twitter or, or any of that stuff. And I'm happy to talk it through or, or, you know, give you any kind of additional information I come up with between now and tip offs. But, you know, I, I said things like Horford to get a double, double, I kind of like, uh, at plus six seventy five. that's more about the line than it is about me. Like thinking he's definitely going to get it. Um, I think there's more of a 50, 50 chance. So I think we're getting a lot of value on this. Uh, then I also brought up Trey young over his points, Jimmy Butler under his points, Chris Paul under his points, Josh Giddy under his points, Zach Levine over his points. So a lot of player props that I just kind of threw out some leans on for you and uh, hopefully it you know, pushes you one way or the other and, and they all hit. I'm not sure that I'm going to get with them on, on all of them or any of them, but uh, official play is Horford. Over. Nice. All right, we're going to tag team that one. Be sure to follow all of our stuff. Um all of our handicap and stuff at outkick um, backslash betting. David's doing really every sport besides NBA. I'm doing, you know, all the big sports with main focus on the NBA, but I'm also hitting golf very, very hard and regularly. I put out a hot links golf gambling podcast with fellow outkick writer, Dan Z. You guys still have time to check that out. It's breaking down the Players' Championship, which tees off tomorrow, Thursday, March 9th. I gave out, I think, five golfers, and I'm back in. Got a couple head-to-head matchups, so be sure to check that stuff out. But best of luck to you guys, whether you uh, are fading or follow us in the NBA on Wednesday. Maybe we'll be back tomorrow. I'll probably be back tomorrow, hopefully. It's with a better news, or better news and a better vibe than today. But peace out, homies. 